are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong. Welcome back again to another Strong Towers podcast. This is your co-host, Mike Lara. Joined again, Tom Edwards, John Ackerman. We just had an amazing conversation. So um, good. Yeah, it was awesome. Like As a matter of fact, if we could uh, uh, just go back and, and play that out, we would. But um, the record button wasn't working. So we're going to try this again. Um, two lost episodes. Two lost episodes <laughs> for us going on. Um I don't, and man, I had, you know, I'm terrible with the intros, and I thought I nailed that last oh, intro. Oh, you did. Fantastic. And I don't even remember what I said. It was one of those ones where I, you know, I wish I could say it again right now, but we're just going to keep going with it. Um, education. Education. That's what it was. I loved the last episode. I was uh, editing your guys' episode with uh, with Kathy and education, and it was uh, one of those ones where I think I said that I, I forgot I was editing, and I was truly listening to what everyone had to say it was such a great episode um and you guys mentioned it coming from my uh my spouse who's a who's a teacher really did hit home with a lot of the just the thoughts of everything that's going on mm-hmm. but um it also got me thinking about um ways that i further my education and things that i use and usually it's going to books right and so i believe tim ferris says it really well like if you guys could have the opportunity or you could gift a book to somebody an influential book that has uh, played a big part in your life, what would that book be? So I'm going to throw that question back to you guys for a second time tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What book do you guys gift most often or what book has played a very influential part in your life? So, Tom, I think you answered the question first last time. So uh, why don't you go ahead and This isn't going to get old at all. No, not at all. Surprise (laughs) us. Let's hear it. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so uh, the book that I probably have gifted the most now that I have I'm of an age where gifting of books is like a thing, I guess. Oh yeah. Is Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, which, you know, it may not surprise any of you that have been listening for a while that that we'd be into some ransom heart stuff here. I was already, you know, a couple of years into into my Christian walk and trying to figure out the husband and father thing and and uh, I don't even remember how I got my first copy of, of Wild at Heart. Um but uh started reading this book and i'm like man was john eldridge following me around my whole life (laughs) (laughs) like how's this guy know so much about me and about what makes me tick and and why am i actually learning things from him about why i react to whatever the way that i do and you know and and so reading that book was was such an eye-opening experience Mm -hmm. into you know, what makes us tick as men, which I think a lot of times uh, we shy away from those generalizations yeah. because, you know, the three of us sitting here, we're all three different dudes with three different backgrounds and, and whatnot. But I think that the Eldridges and, and the team uh, over there have such a God-given insight into mm-hmm. yeah. the human soul mm-hmm. that to just read what they have uh, put down on the page. Uh, is is just totally eye-opening and and you know john eldridge writes tons of books he's got um you know a lot of things on on specific topics that they bring up um in wild at heart but as as a starter 
Wild at Heart, man. That's the place to go. And and I have I've I've given it away. They they sell it in in multi packs, and and I've bought them a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So just start handing them out to people. That is a book that hardly anybody ever goes out and buys for themselves, right? It is a book that is gifted to you, and it's one of those ones where it is gifted to you for a specific reason. I mean, I I still have my copy that was given to me by my lieutenant when I was when I was yep. in the army, written written in the front cover saying, "Hey, you know, read this book." And at the time big dumb army guy, big red crayon. I was like, I don't need somebody to tell me how to be, you know, wild and hard. I'm, right. I'm a man. I'll, you know, I'll read this some other time. And then I remember breaking that and just couldn't put it down right in tears. Just like, man, this is, yeah. this is it. This is, this, you could build a whole ministry off that book. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny that that's the experience around that book, right? Because that's what they're talking about in that book. Oh yeah. Is, you know, we come in thinking we we know what it, uh-huh. what it means to be a man, yeah. Yeah. and turns out, you know, we all kind of get to that point where we realize oh, maybe I don't have this as on lock as I thought I did. And Wild and Heart is there for you. Yeah, yeah, I had the same experience with that book. My at the time girlfriend, who became my wonderful wife, Brooke, gave me that, and in typical male fashion at the time, or at least very broken typical male fashion i was like yeah i am a man i don't need a book about being a man (laughs) thanks but no thanks and that sat on the shelf yep (laughs) that sat on the shelf for three years i think before i cracked the cover and again you know life changed um so the book that comes up for me a lot that gets gifted um and i've gifted while at heart some and i think it's had the same reaction in most cases it sat on shelves untouched for quite a while uh and it could be the same with, with this book, too, because as a teacher, especially a teacher of high schoolers, you go to graduation parties. And you don't want to be lame and give a gift card. But I guess the next maybe still lame thing to do is give a book because you're a teacher and you're supposed <laughs> to be inspirational. Thing. Right. Um, and so the one that I've gifted a lot to graduating students is one that I actually read for the first time as a fifth grader. And it's Jonathan Livingston Seagull by Richard Bach. And it was my mom's copy of the book that I read for the first time in fifth grade. And it hit, I mean, one, it hit on what I talked about in the movie night episode, just this deeply embedded love of flight. Um, but it's, it's a great book. It's a short book. But there's something in there about, you know, who you are and, and what you're capable of that even I think at whatever uh, you know level I was able to process it in fifth grade, just it, it hit me deep. And, and I remember taking that to a, a fifth grade book signing, which was weird because the people that were signing the books were not the authors. Like it was the, like the local DJs from the radio station that came into the school and somehow books and radio DJs went together and they asked the kids to bring in their favorite book. And I brought in this book and the DJ like goes to sign it, looks at the book, looks at me, like looks at the book, looks at me. He's like, what kind of fifth grader is re- yeah. w- whatever, man, like that's cool. And they asked me some questions like to make sure that I was actually reading it and didn't just like grab a book off my mom's shelf and be like, here's a book. <laughs> um, but I mean, I come back to that book every year or two and it's, mm. it continues to just, just do something in me. Mm. And so I've continued to gift that uh, to some of my favorite students as they've graduated. Again, no idea if they've cracked the cover, but it's a good one for sure. Yeah. You know, I think when we think about phases in our life, right? We really do have multiple, multiple areas that we go through, right? Multiple times and multiple um, areas we want to read. And for me, it was either really young or once I got much older, right? Yeah. Like that whole middle school, high school, I was, you know, I'm not going to read. I don't, I don't need to do that stuff. So the books on my list are either very childish <laughs> or, or <laughs> right. full grown. And so, um, but for different reasons, right? And so the, um, 
the first book that, that I'm going to talk to talk about and it's one that I continue to read my kids today and um, and maybe it's because it reminds me of my grandmother who really kind of taught me how to read and you know showed the the kid who was uh what do they call them today active learners and, mm-hmm. and running around <laughs> nice. um, a way to kind of uh, show me you know the joy of, of reading and that was uh, the giving tree um, we have a couple copies of that like I said I read to the boys all the time it's it's just a sad book like going back to it and thinking about it like man I don't like even as a kid, I was like, man, what does this book even mean? But like yeah. reading it to my, my boys and going through page to page. And the other day, you know, Kellen was reading a couple of pages through it. And I'm like trying to fight back tears as I'm thinking about my grandmother reading me this book. Right. So that is one it's on the shelf. I think I have like, it's one of the ones I even buy for kids' birthdays. You know, just yeah. one of those ones where it's just, I got to go back to that. That is one of my all time favorite well, like, books. What is it about kids' books making you cry, man? I know. I, know. I, 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 I'm a big baby. I Liz, Liz has all these books that you know she ha- used to have in her classroom or whatever, and now we're reading them to the kids at bedtime. And I'm like, yeah, wiping away the tears. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that's not a kid's book. Yeah, this yeah. is so sad. Yeah. There's another one that was funny that you mentioned. The kid book makes you cry, but I I remember my mom used, which is funny for Mother's Day, give us a book, but it was a. Uh, Love you, love you forever, or love you always. Oh, yeah. you know, like, my, all, uh, you know, my baby, you'll be. Yep. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. man, talk about a book that brings you to tears. Now, like yeah. that's a, that's another one that kind of gets to me. But um, yeah. The other book on my list, which goes on the other end of the spectrum, and is it came off um as I started looking for other books within this category. But during my time in the military, there was a leadership book where right? they had like a leadership list of books that you had to read. And one of the books on that list was the Battle of Thermopylae. It was uh, Gates of Fire, right? And a Stephen Pressfield book. And I was like, man, I really love that book. The book was awesome. I want to find more stuff by this guy. And um, started, you know, looking up different books. And one of the books in his category was this book called um, The uh, War of Art. And it's funny because this is the book now that I've, you know, reread a couple times. And I've actually just recently gifted it to some friends. But that book has really helped me. Not only creativity, because that's the whole point of the book is to try to, like, be able to get to your true calling. But to identify the things, the obstacles, um, resistance with a capital R, as he calls it in the book, that are keeping me from greatness, right? The things that God has created me for is awesome, but there's things that are going to stand in the way. The enemy's going to stand in, in that way of trying to get to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It has been so helpful for me to, to identify what the resistance is, what those obstacles are early, and so that it helps me overcome those, right? Like whether it's, hey, I don't want to go on a run. No, resistance. I don't want to go to men's group on a Tuesday night. Resistance. Being able to identify those early so that I can overcome and move on and, and find that greatness in whatever category that is. So I bought a couple more books after we talked about it at group the other day. So I'm going <laughs> to get those out too. So don't go out and buy it if you guys are if you guys are thinking about it because I'm get those out here soon too. So yeah. yeah, I need to check that one out. Yeah, definitely. Because I like that idea too of, you know, I, I know he comes at it uh, it's not necessarily a Christian book, yeah. but but that's kind of the worldview that he's he's coming at it with. And like you said, resistance yeah. with a capital yeah. R. That yeah. this is the enemy, right? But creating with God. Yeah. Um. You know, and I, I remember uh, reading a book called um, The Inklings mm-hmm. about the the group of of guys, Tolkien and and um, C.S. Lewis and and a couple of their buddies that had you know basically a. a what do they call themselves? A, a drinking group with a reading problem? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but looking at their creative processes and um, and their, you know, actually believing that they were creating writing with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tolkien especially 
um, felt like that that when he was writing with God, he was actually like learning about the things that he was writing about, like uncovering mm-hmm. um, the worlds that he was writing about. And then, I mean, they just wrote fantastic books too. I have just started reading Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. with with the two older kids, you know, and, and being able to sit down with them and and engage in in a longer book, which which I appreciate because it you know it's a book that I'm interested in, and it's not just like a one and done bedtime story kind right. of a thing you know we, we read like a, a chapter oh yeah um you know before going to bed and even that is longer than, than most of the books that we've read up until this point but then getting to explain to them the the pieces of the story you know like aslan the lion like that's jesus and yeah. so when he sacrifices himself for edmund like that is mm. jesus yeah and that was that's not just like Oh yeah, you know we can trace all good and evil stories back to the biblical narrative. That is, this guy wrote this book with a very specific mm, yeah. purpose, yeah. you know. And so being able to to kind of experience that with the kids and have them see that and um, you know get through story what we're also trying to get through mm-hmm. with the biblical narrative. Um, has just been an, an amazing yeah. experience, and, and now they want to, you know, watch the movies, and I'm all about that. Yeah. You know, we've got yeah. we've got a couple of versions of it that we can can dig into, um, but now you know we're to that point where I just started Prince Caspian with them. Oh yeah, and I'm like, ah, now I have to research, you know, like <laughs> the biblical allegory in, yeah. in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Everybody knows that that's there. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I keep this up for, yeah. Yeah, for, sure. how for the it? rest yeah. of the books? Don't have to research it. Just read it. It's yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that image of that paint. That, you know, it's one of those ones where you have to have the hard cover of that, the hard back cover, right? You'd read it and pass it down as a family book, right? Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, I know Brooke's listening, but in the mind, mindset, I'm already getting the picture of a uh, Princess Bride reading to Fred Savage, you know, that whole like, hey, this is a, you know, is, you know, are you going to keep reading this book? But yeah, yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested, you know? And so, um, yeah, I just love that. I love that idea of, of a long chapter book, like yeah. something you're reading to your kids and, you, and you're investing in that, right? That is something you just can't quit you know reading because you can't leave me on a cliffhanger right Right. like yeah these you know they are these are the copies of the book that that my wife had um you know and and, uh, we talked about it the first time through but (laughs) you know lord of the rings and the hobbit i got from my mom's bookshelf and that's you know when when i was introduced to those I'll let you go in that direction. We, oh, we, we only had Golf <laughs> Digest on my bookshelf, so I'm really, like, <laughs> as I'm listening to you guys talk about hardcover books on your on your bookshelves and, and pulling these off and being introduced to that kind of stuff, like it's almost like I don't know. It's one of those ones where it's a reminder for me to have those type of books on my bookshelf so that my you know my sons can can pull those go off the bookshelf, right? Like kind of turn a little bit, but I have like the complete like you know ten set Reader's Digest book cover things of like you know short stories and nursery rhymes and all that stuff and if you look at the whole cover there's book five which is uh things uh for uh, boys and girls to do and create and it's like you know build a kite make a boat and that book is like bent and tore <laughs> up and like it's because i used it so much like yeah. after my after my uncles and my dad had it when they were younger right yeah. so i think i'm just thinking to myself like wow you know it's like how to introduce my boys to to these books you know yeah sure reading them and doing all that stuff but you know they're going to find one on the shelf one day and I'm, yep. I want to be able to set them up for success. Right. Yeah. yeah. Books. You've talked about this before, Mike, the, like, how do you get your kids to read? Right. Well, yeah. You know, they, 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 they do what they see you doing mm-hmm. and you know, just, yeah, having the books there, but 
you know, these books that we come back to a lot, you know, those, yeah. Yeah. those worn books that you, you end up having to replace and you hate replacing it because the book itself comes to mean something. Yeah. Right. And, you know, my wife just reads and rereads and rereads uh, the Anne of Green Gables series. Oh, like yeah. that, that's her go-to. I mean, she's probably reading it tonight while we're recording <laughs> this. Um, and I mean, they're so worn. And that's that's part of the affection that comes with it. Like you're coming back to an old friend, and you know it's the same. Like when I read, you know, the the C.S. Lewis series. Like I, I love that there's seven books, because just like with an old friend, like I don't want it to end quickly. Right. Right. I, I love that there's actually prequels to the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and there's a whole bunch of books that come afterwards because I'm just getting yeah. started. Yeah. With loving these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel the same way like when I watch a good movie series, right? I, I love the fact right. that the, you know, Marvel Universe contains like 23 some odd films because I love, like I'm so invested in the characters by this point. And, um, you know, so for me, you know, Chronicles of Narnia, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, like these are ones that I come back to again and again because I just, I, I love, I, I am invested in the characters. Yeah. Uh, and I keep wishing I could see what what took place next mm-hmm. right I, I wish they didn't stop um and so i think that may have had something to do with the series that i picked up and tom i know you love as well and i think other people have read it i mean they must have but Three i've never met any of, i've never met any of them as far as i know it's just you and me yeah, i was gonna say you're the only two people i've ever heard of <laughs> <laughs> um but it's the the wheel of time series by robert jordan and it's you know 14 books i think we decided it was um, and each one's like 800 to 1,000 pages, and there's no pictures. So you, like, you legit have to read 800 to 1,000 pages times 14. Um, and, and some of it, I think, you know, we've talked about some of these childhood books. Some of it's nostalgia because it came out when we were in middle school. I think I got my first copy when I was in high school. I, I was having to wait, you know, which, again, the Netflix Disney Plus generation knows nothing about, right? You can watch all the Star Wars movies and all the Marvel movies yeah. right? W- without having to wait. Like, my wife saw uh, Avengers Infinity Wars the first time and couldn't believe how it ended. And she's like, no, we have to watch Endgame. I'm like, that's crap. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had to wait. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I was a grown adult out, out of college before I got to finish yeah, this series. Still waiting for the next one. And Robert Jordan dies. <laughs> And that's not a spoiler because it's not in the book. But I mean, the author <laughs> dies before the series is finished. Yeah. And they had to bring in somebody else because the series had to be finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there was more than just Tom and I reading it that were so invested <laughs> in this that that had to see this brought yeah. to fruition. Uh, but I mean, there's just there's something about epic narrative. Yeah. There's something about you know diving into this this created world, finding yourself in characters, finding parts of yourself mm-hmm. in characters battle of good versus evil redemptive narrative like there, there's so much um, that in that series in particular i just find myself coming back to again and again you can't read it again and again because it's going to take it you a year to read it yeah but no yeah. um, but then at the same time mike you were talking about books from different parts of your life and the other one that i've gifted a lot actually is the book that probably comes nearest to my heart as an educator of history you know, I've loved government, I've loved economics, I've loved U.S. history, but world history has been my passion. Yeah. And, you know, people ask, like, oh, what's your favorite, you know, part of world history? And I'm like, That's like asking your favorite book or favorite movie. Like, even in this episode on favorite books, like, I can't pick, like, it just, it doesn't exist. There isn't one. Yeah, the original episode was favorite book, but we had to add more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was an S there <laughs> automatically for me. Um, 
but I, and I loved, I spent 16 years trying to get kids to love the narrative of human history. Yeah. And so there's this book called the history of the world in six glasses by Tom Standage. And it's, it's history told as narrative, which is what I have always believed is the way that history should be told as the greatest story ever told that that's too good to be made up. And, and it's told through such an incredible vehicle of beverage, right? The, the history of humankind as told through the history of beer, wine, liquor, tea, coffee, and soda, or pop as the good Midwesterners <laughs> call it, and rightfully so. And, you know, as I've, as I've seen kids go through world history and be like, when is that? When am I ever going to need this? This is stupid. Like every once in a while, if I knew that, you know, they like to read, I'd slide them a copy of that and be like, just, just check this out. Or for the parents that were watching their sophomore struggle through AP world history and didn't know how to help, I'd slide them a copy of that nice. and be like, one, you might like this because we know as adults, we start to find interest in things that we hated in school. Mm-hmm. And so many times I've had adults come back to me with, I wish I would have had a teacher that taught me this or taught like this because this is so cool. Right. And at the same time, it was helpful for them in, you know, connecting with their kid and, and, you know, being that resource that they wanted to be. And um, so again, just like books from different parts of life, books that, you know, sort of elicit the passion that we have. Right. Or, you know, help others connect with the passion that we have and the way that we see things. And um, so those are a couple more for me that, that stand out either as gifts or the ones that I just come back to and continually give to me. Yeah. In my mind, in the image, I kept seeing you with the big, like, 14-pack uh, books with, like, a big bow wrapping it up saying, this book is going to – these books are going to change your lives. That's, a, that's an expensive <laughs> gift. Those hardcovers aren't cheap. Yeah. I spent so much money on that. <laughs> I know. Seriously. I'm still trying to complete my hardcover collection. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned the hardcover thing because that's one of the things I'm, I have to – and I'm probably going to get beat up for this, but I have to have the hardcover, right? I, I can't just do um, the Nook or the Kindle books. Like, I don't – maybe I'm just – not that guy. No, but, yeah. I, I definitely prefer holding. Oh, oh I'll, yeah. I'll do paperback, to, yeah. but yeah, yep. I, I prefer holding. Yeah. I, I do have a Kindle and I've yeah. read some stuff on it, but I don't know what it is. It's, it's convenient for traveling. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I travel but, with multiple books. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think me too. But the thing that I, what I've recently been doing and, and it's part of maybe just cause the, uh, you know, the, the running and, you know, doing the multiple hour distances, but I've started to do audio books. And so yeah. like, I still, buy the book too so i can kind of go back and forth but uh one of the books the first book that i ever did that too was uh unbroken mm-hmm. and i don't know what it is about those world war ii books you know the boys in the bow and all these you know that time frame of, of books but the louis emperor story really just hit home on so many different levels for me right i mean the book starts off with him running right and, and you know coming from a kid who ran cross country in high school hearing that like story of him right i was like oh this this is cool and then you know immediately going into you know the military and i'm like hey that's you know that's what i did yeah his story does you know change a little bit (laughs) after that point but ultimately he comes to christ and it was one of those ones where i was like man this is such a good story like it is one of those ones that just hit home on like i said so many different levels for me that um i remember listening to it on the ride to florida with my wife and you know she was kind of like you know, half asleep as we were driving in the middle of the night and she woke up and was like, what are we listening to? And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a story. She's like, we got about like another 20 minutes in and she's like, oh no, you, you got to start this from the very beginning. Like I can't. And I'm like, what? No. Like, okay, I'll listen to it again. It was that good. Right. And so, um, there's something about like also listening and then going back and being able to read it. Like I said, we, we finished the book on the way to Florida. I gave the book away to my, my brother-in-law just cause it was like, I just finished this here. You can have the book now cause yeah. we've already finished it. But that was a, that was a book that I really had. Yeah, that's such a good story. Such a good story. I can't gift my books. 
by the way. Like I'll buy a new copy for somebody, but yes, I yeah. I can't give away my books. Yeah. They're, they're treasured possessions. <laughs> yeah. Do you so? And maybe it's mostly just like business self help type books. I write in my books. A oh lot, yeah, a lot. Yeah. No. Like I I constantly write in my <laughs> books. I constantly write in my books. No. Actually, one of the other things that I've done, and this is because I got this from a mentor. You know, this is a good one too. Is um three by five card with like yes. three bullets that are like, Hey, this book meant this, this, and this to me, or this is the, my takeaway from there. And then just throwing that three by five card in the front of the cover of the book. So every, every once in a while I'll pick up a book and look in the front cover and say, Hey, what did I, what was I, what did I feel about this book or what did I get from this? Oh, cool. I need that right now. Let me go back and yeah. read that. Yeah. So that's a, that's a that's little, cool. little nugget right there. To throw that, in there I too. like that better than writing the books. I, I, I write it, the books, man. It killed uh, me. Yeah. Like, you know, kids would come into class and whatever book they're reading in English and they've got like, 400 post-its around yeah. the, the outside. Okay, well, the there's meaningful writing in yeah, the book, yeah. and then there's yeah. the I don't know how to underline yeah. writing in the book. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just talking about <laughs> no. like, I was talking about like stick figures and like flip books. Doodles. No, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doodles no, in the corner. No, there's, there. I, I definitely, yeah. I, I definitely, I you know, like circle this. and wow and, you know. No, yeah. it's, that's hard for me. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm like, the author wrote in the book. <laughs> you don't get to write in the book. The book already got wrote in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like it was actually hard for me to to I, I got a, a like a journaling copy of the Bible. Oh yeah, and, like that's that a was big hard. One. I'm like, what? Yeah, I can't yeah. write in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's a hard one too. It's a touchy subject as well. It's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's we could go on, right? There's so many books that we can just keep like talking about. Like one of the as I'm kind of going through this a second time is uh you know like. Ender's Game and, oh, and yeah. all, all these other books that I read when I was I was growing up that just like hit home. But I don't know. There's got to be a couple more of those that you guys have have ready to talk about. What do you guys got? Well, I read that one this year for the first time. Really, man, that wrecked what? me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. When I was talking to you about how that book was like speaking to me at this point in life, that was, that was first read. <laughs> wow, man. Wow, that messed oh, me up. That book is so good. The, the, actually, one of the books you know these kind of talk about that. I started reading only because I was trying to prove to my brother that, like you could read a book. He had to read a book for school and he picked Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. And I was like I was like, dude, just read the book. Here's a couple page Hey, this is this is actually really you just sit there, I'll tell you what the book's about <laughs> after I'm done. That was another one I picked up real quick. I don't gift that one to many people. That's one of the ones that I just kinda like, Yeah, I read that book. But uh, uh no, that was that's good. So, that was a good one. You know what that that hits though on so much like nostalgia. Oh yeah, that is yeah. one of those books, you yeah. Know? Um and to go back to the audiobook, and I think I've told both of you guys this before because I did I listened to, to Radio Player One. I, I haven't read it. Oh, okay, yet. yeah. Um, but the audiobook is read by Will Wheaton. Yes, Will Wheaton. It's yes. so that's good. good. Yeah, that's so good. good. That's good. Yeah, I just got that one in from Amazon. It's sitting on my desk waiting to be read. I pre-ordered Ready Player Two's coming I, out. It, it, I I, you sent that yeah, link, and yeah. I bought them both. Nice, nice. That was one yeah. of the rare ones where the movie made me want to read the book because <laughs> virtually all the other times I go the other direction. It is yeah. funny because there's books like that where like I like oh John and Tom would appreciate this. I'm gonna send mm-hmm. it there. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a really good one. Influential, and I was thinking this as you were closing out last time, John. Uh, oh shoot. David Platt, um, Radical. Radical, good yeah. book. So I'm I was reading through Radical and and kind of like in fits and starts and and um, blowing my mind honestly about like what it actually means to be a Christian and mm-hmm. live like Jesus and yeah like what if we actually did that mm-hmm. instead of just said that we would do it and um so you know it's taken me a while to get through this book 
um, just in the midst of, of life. Um, and then my wife and I would go on our first missions trip to Nicaragua and I actually finished the book on the missions trip. Wow. Wow. I was like that, like having the book and what he's talking about and then actually being on mission. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I'm not going home thinking about Christianity the same way as when I left. Yeah. That was a really cool experience. Yeah. That was one of those books where I had a hard time getting through it the first time. Like it was just like, I was just kind of going back and forth. And then I heard a couple of his preachings or like one of those, like, I think it was like the elephant room or something where I mm -hmm. heard him speak. And then I couldn't stop hearing his voice as I was reading the book, you know, the way he speaks. But it was, that's a good, that's a good pull. I like that one. That was, yeah. that was a good one. Yeah. I feel like we're taking a walk through all the different sections of Barnes and Noble, which again, <laughs> like bookstores are coming back, which I so love. Cause again, like I'm a tactile book reader. Oh, yeah. Kindle can't yeah. do it. I even struggle with audiobooks, but, and some of it's just the way my memory's wired. Like mm -hmm. I remember like where things are on pages. Yeah. Like left page, right page, halfway up the page, top of the page. Like, and, so like the times that I've tried to read on a Kindle or do an audiobook, it's so frustrating to me because I know the thing is in the book somewhere when I go back to find it <laughs> and I can't find it because it's in this like, you know, interminable mist of, yeah. you know, digital nowhere. But anyway, uh, so as we continue to peruse sections in this <laughs> Barnes and Noble, um, you know, Tom, you mentioned at the beginning, Wild at Heart. And then just mentioned the David Platt book, and you know, we talked about C.S. Lewis. And um, again, I'm such a lover of fiction. You know, it's it's funny being a history teacher, a historian. I really struggle with nonfiction. I, I really do. Like when I was in college, those are the books that put me to sleep. Yeah. Um, and even to this day, I struggle with nonfiction because it almost makes me feel like I'm being forced to learn, rather than just being given opportunities to take things away mm -hmm. as they come. And and so I'm always really amazed and really thankful for people that can convey lessons, whether they're practical or spiritual in narrative form. That's why I love the Chronicles of Narnia so much. Um, you know, intentional telling of spiritual lessons. Right. Mm. Um, and even the Wheel of Time, like it's it's not meant as allegory, but there is so much that is allegorical about it. Yes. You know, when you have your eyes open to it. And, and so people that can that can do that in, in story. I just love. And so George MacDonald is another one that I just, I am so thankful for his ability to, to convey meaning and significance through story. And one of the books that I love the most from him, it's a real short one. It's called at the back of the North wind. And it's, you know, Charles Dickens era London, which I love. Um, it's one of my favorite cities and especially nostalgically from like a historical sense, like, like that's a Christmas carol, right? That's just, it's so quaint. And I have no idea if that's what it actually was like, but you know, I love present day London and you know, the, the thought of that London is just, it's so cool, but I mean, it's, it has a beautiful story, you know, told very simply, very straightforward. You can read it with the kids and they'll take away something and you'll take away something entirely different. But I mean, it's just, it's moving. And I mean, it, it'll make you weep and you almost like surprise you that, that you are so moved. Like, it's not like one of those dramatic, sad scenes. You're like, this is so sad, but it's just, there's just, there's such beauty in the telling mm -hmm. yeah. that you find yourself caught off guard. Um, but the other one that I found, it, it is actually nonfiction. Um, Frank Laubach um, had a book published called Letters by a Modern Mystic. 
And it was letters that he was writing to his father back in the States as Frank Laubach was halfway across the planet in Manila, you know, living, you know, far from family, far from friends in a culture where he was only just beginning to learn the language and the customs and was just feeling terribly isolated. And so at this particular point in his life, after a lifetime of, you know, having been a believer in God, decided that he wanted to actually cultivate a relationship with God to actually get to know God. And so these letters, you know, that's the entirety of the book. It's just, it's copies of the letters that he sent to his father over the course of a year or two. I have ne I have rarely, if ever read a more beautiful or more challenging book. And again, it's short, but I think I started reading it and stopped four or five different times because it's just so hard not it's not technically difficult right. it's a the guy's writing letters to his dad right it's not a hard book but what he is describing in, in his in his attempts to find this close conversational relationship intimate relationship with god i mean you can't read it and not feel something come up in you of could could this be possible for me to I mean, he, he's doing it. He's talking about that, that it's working. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm finding something that I never thought possible. You can't read it and not feel this thing come up in you that says, I want that. And at the same time, feel this thing come up in you that says, I don't know if I could ever do that. And so I finally finished that book this year, um, early in 2020. And it still sits on my nightstand, both as a reminder of the fact that I did read it. And it profoundly <laughs> affected me. And so I, I don't want to forget yeah, yeah. reading that book. And I don't want to forget what I read in that book. And so it sits on my nightstand, but it also sits there as a challenge for me to go back to it. Yeah. For that to not be a one and done book, which is rare for me anyway. I yeah. love going back to books, but it was so hard to get through the first time that I know there's a part of me that I'm not afraid to go back to it, but by the same token, I'm afraid to go back to it because I know how much it challenged me the first time and I know how much it changed me. And I'm a little nervous about how much it's going to challenge me to go back to it again. Yeah. Knowing full well, it would be totally worth it, but it's, it's a hard book to read in the best possible way. That's awesome. I think that kind of probably characterizes most of the books that we've been talking about is, is yeah. the, the rereadability oh, yeah. of them. Right. And, and, whether it is the, the nonfiction side where you're you're getting challenged by something new, or, or on the fiction side, you know, the couple of times that I've been through the Wheel of Time, mm -hmm. there's stuff that I pick up, you know, now that I didn't pick up the first time through, and yeah. um, you know, so the the ability to continue going back to mm -hmm. these, continue to be influenced by these books, yeah, um, you know, and we had talked earlier about having them on the shelf mm -hmm. and and the the thought of having these books continue to influence yeah. people in our lives, our family, our friends, or, or whatever, yeah. um, you know, gives them significant value beyond just the words that are on the page. Yeah. I, I love the nightstand concept, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. one of the things that I constantly do. Like I have, you know, one or two books that is on my desk. And so when I get that moment of, quietness and i just want to go back and just kind of reread something that's a reminder and you know i've had mm -hmm. i've had the uh 
the War of Art sitting on my nights or my uh, desk for such a long time, and it's just one of those books that I can continue to kind of go back and pull a mm. little, little bit of uh, a little nugget for the toolkit again. And uh, and I, I think the the last book that I had on my list is is one of those ones that is up there as well. And it's really what kind of opened up with with the question was Tim Ferriss's Tribe of Mentors, and it's not like it's the most well written book because it's it's multiple people. But the thing I love about it is the concept, mm. the concept of having multiple mentors being mentored by a tribe of people successful people who not one person has the answer right but being able to pull from multiple people and and how i've kind of used that in my life as as a guidepost of saying hey i need to have multiple mentors i need to have Mm -hmm. multiple men in my life multiple people multiple women multiple just people that can influence me in such positive ways and being able to bounce ideas off of them right and so uh you know tim ferris's tribe of mentors was, was one of those books that i just just can't get enough of. I, I feel like I haven't read the whole thing because they keep opening random pages and, <laughs> and, and finding something new each time. So, well, I opened up twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we filled out your Amazon cart. Yes, uh, gave you reading for the next several years. If you actually dive into some of the the epic fiction that we were mm. talking about. Oh yeah. Um. But lots of stuff there on, on both ends of, of the spectrum, literary fiction, narrative nonfiction, uh, spiritual development and growth. Uh, so something there, I think, for everybody mm-hmm. you managed to hit. Um, so go out and, and find a book. Yeah. Be influenced. Keep learning. Challenge yourself. Send us some recommendations. Yeah, share yeah your send us books, some right? recommendations. Yeah, definitely. Hit us up on, on the Facebook group. And uh, we are planning a, uh, I don't know, what are we calling it? Ask Me Anything, Dear Abby, something episode Mm -hmm. um, for the next couple of weeks. So hit us up on the Facebook group, send us a question, um, and uh, and we will try and and do our best to to answer it on the show. Not that we have all the answers (laughs) by far, um, but we at least can give our semi-reasoned opinion. Yeah, talk about it, right? And also yeah. the uh, the webpage, right? We've had a couple questions come through there already, just about in general stuff. So don't, yep. if, you know, if it's not something you want to put on Facebook, by all means, you know, um, yep, drop us an email. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you back again for another Strong Towers podcast. Did we record that time? <laughs>